Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 to 13. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Say, that's me. For the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Say, that's me. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Father God, we see in your word that this is your desire for us. So Lord, let it be done to us according to your word that we reach the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we live out everything that you have planned for us from before the foundation of the world, reflecting your glory throughout all the world. This is what we pray and what we desire. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You may all sit down in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, last week, um, a couple of weeks ago, actually two weeks to be exact, we talked about fullness in Christ. This morning, we're going to talk about fullness of Christ. There's a big difference. And by the way, in case you're wondering where pastors are, Pastor Alvin is in New Life Baguio. He's there too because New Life Baguio is uh, celebrating their anniversary. And we're glad to share the gifting that we have through Pastor Alvin. And Pastor Mitch is in Singapore receiving um, word from in, uh, about kingdom invasion. So before we continue, let's pray. It's always good to pray for our leaders, right? Father, thank you for giving us shepherds after your own heart. Thank you. We lift up Pastor Alvin and Pastor Mitch before you. Thank you, Lord, that everything they need, even for their family, it's well taken care of. They're well supplied. They're well protected. That when they come back to us, they're full. So, Lord, we, de- we believe we receive this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Going back, I was talking about uh, two weeks ago, we talked about fullness in Christ. What is basically fullness in Christ? Well, to summarize that, fullness in Christ is the in Christ realities that you're living out what Jesus Christ has paid for you on the cross. All the benefits that he purchased for you, whether that's healing, that's provision, Uh, That's wisdom. In short, the victorious life that Christ has for you. That's fullness in Christ. In Colossians 1, 19-20, it says, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, dwell in Christ. Because you have, as a believer, you have Jesus Christ in your heart. You have fullness in Christ. And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Hallelujah. Imagine Jesus Christ, the perfection that he lived, 
while He was on this earth. He paid for all the benefits. All of it He has given to us when we receive Him as His Lord, as our personal Lord and Savior. That's why in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 6, it says here, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. It's all inclusive. Every spiritual blessing. But you may be thinking, spiritual blessing? I need a physical blessing right now. I have needs on this earth. But you know, let me just tell you this. In, in, in the Spirit, what the Bible says, neither moth nor rust can destroy, nor thieves can break in and steal. Everything you need on this earth, right here, right now, you can access by means of your relationship in Christ Jesus. That's why Brother Carlo was saying, you come boldly. You come boldly to the throne of grace to receive grace which you do not deserve and mercy that you deserve. Um, I'm sorry. Grace, all the blessings that you do not deserve and mercy that's you avoiding the punishment that you deserve. You receive, you come boldly to the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in time of need. You may be thinking, but you know, the religious thinking is, I don't deserve it. Exactly the point. Because that's why you go to the throne of grace. Grace means unmerited favor. It's not the throne of works or the throne of uh, good works, good deeds. No. You come in, wherever state you are in, maybe if it's your first time hearing about it or you've been out of church for the longest time, I have good news for you. Come boldly. Jesus is expecting. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You know, um, that that the scripture I read a while ago, it bears meditating because it's so full. It's so good that every time you chew on it, there's always good things for it that you will discover. That's why for, for lack of time, I will just give you some practical benefits that you have when you are full, you have the fullness in Christ. And take note that this is not all, it's not everything. This is just a few of the benefits and number one is that because you have fullness in Christ, that means you are chosen. You are spiritually beloved. You are spiritually selected. You are chosen. That means you're already a winner. You know, maybe there were times in your life that you feel like, you know, you're not special. But the word here says that you were chosen. That means you are special. And there are so many people out there in the world. How about, why, why you? Why in this time, in this place, can you hear the word of God? That means you are chosen. You have been spiritually selected. You know, I remember um, not so many years ago when I was in college. 
you know, well, it depends on your definition of not so many years ago. Anyway, when I was in high school and college, I used to play basketball. And we would pick teams. The captain ball would pick players. Um, guess who gets chosen? Not naman the last, but probably third to the last or second to the last. It's me. I would find it very awkward because I know, uh, man, I, I would, you know, I would get... Um, passed over, and after a while, eventually, pag wala na masyadong mapili, I would get chosen. <laughs> but you know what? This verse encourages me because that means out of all the millions that he created, he brought me to such a time as this. And this should encourage you as well because God brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. Imagine you were not born during the Old Testament, Old Covenant, where you had to fulfill the law on your own strength. You are born here in the New Covenant, where the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ is being preached. So you are special. And every time you think that you're not special, well, the verse says otherwise. You are special. And if you're a basketball team like me, because I was meditating on this word, and this illustration came to mind. And imagine, for example, you wake up one morning and you hear your cell phone ringing and you check out who's calling and it says unknown number. Well, it's probably someone from the States or abroad because it's not registered. And you say, hello, hello, is this uh, Carlo Mata? Yes, who is this? Uh, this is Steph Curry from Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Whoa, Steph Curry. But if you're not... You're not a Golden State Warrior fan. Okay, LeBron James. LeBron James. This is LeBron James. Um, would, you be, would you like to be part of my team? Because I chose you. How would you feel if you were chosen to be part of his team? You might be thinking, me? That's awesome, but I'm not worthy. I don't even, I'm not, I can't even play. But no, no, let me finish. I will also give you my ability. I will also give you, along with the ability, is the salary. Hallelujah. Well, you know, God, that's awesome, isn't it? But you know what? God, the creator of the universe, creator of all of creation, chose you from before the foundation of the world. And he also gave you his ability. He gave you the price of his precious son's blood, Jesus Christ. Amen. So do you think you are special? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Number two, you have, full act, you have full status as a son and daughter of God. Full status, not just partial status, full status. Full status means you have full access to everything that your father God owns. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns, he's healer. He, he has healing. He is provider and he has provision. He is wisdom and he gives wisdom. Everything that you need, you have full access to because it's all been paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So that's why don't hesitate. It's not, you know, I, I, I read this, I heard this from a man of God not so long ago. You know what? You are as close to God as you want to be. You know, we've been singing songs. I know there's a lyric that more of you, more of you, more of you. But you know what? 
you as, are, you as, as close to God as you want to be. You know why? Because if we really want more of Him, we'll just spend more time with Him. We'll read more. We'll read the Bible more. We'll um, pray more. Because you have full access with Him. And you are as close to God as you want to be. Anytime, everywhere, when you go out, you can pray. Even when you're riding the bus or riding the jeep, you have full access. And He welcomes you with open arms. Amen. Hallelujah. Next is that you are accepted in the Beloved. I mentioned that He welcomes you with open arms. Because you know what? Because you are in the Beloved, that means you are in Christ Jesus. Remember before Jesus started His ministry, when He was baptized in the River Jordan? God the Father proclaimed throughout the whole world. He didn't just say to Jesus Christ. He said to the whole world, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He was proud of Jesus Christ. He was proclaiming, Hey, this is my Son, and I am well pleased with Him. You know what? Because you are in His beloved, God is proud of you. And He's smiling at you. Every time He looks at you, which is 24-7, He smiles because He sees the perfection of His Son's finished work. Religious, you know, teaching will say, you know, it will give you an idea that whenever God looks at you, depending on what you're doing, He shakes His head in disappointment and say, no. You know that because you are in Christ and you believe in the perfection of His Son's finished work, He is proud, at, proud of you. And He is happy and He is smiling and He is saying, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Isn't that awesome? And that's why knowing this will give you the empowerment to do the things that pleases Him. Because you, you are already well pleasing to Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Number four, you have been redeemed by His blood. You were bought by Jesus' precious blood, the most expensive thing in all of creation. It's not, it goes even beyond creation because it's in eternity. The most precious thing is the price of His blood. And you were bought with a price. And that price is Jesus' blood. And because you were bought, you belong to Him. And He will make sure that He will take care of you, provide for you, protect you. He will make sure that you're okay. Not just okay, but blessed. You know, Think about the most expensive thing that you own. Think about the most expensive thing that you bought. Maybe that's your house or your car or whatever, your cell phone if you're a student. Of course, when you bought it and you worked hard for it, you will take care of it, right? Well, you were bought by Jesus' blood. And He suffered all these things for us. He he endured so much punishment, so much torture, so that He can buy us. So that will make sure, that will give you the confidence that God will take care of you. I, 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 I can see brand new cars, people, owners of it, take, care, take good care of it. They even covered the upholstery, you know, the, the seats, the car seats, even after a year or two. Because it's been bought, they paid for it. And they worked hard for it. How much more our God will take care of you? 
Amen. Ensure you're okay. Hallelujah. You know, also, we all want that. Basically, that's the in Christ realities that we have. I tell you, there's so much more. And we all want to walk in that. And do you know that God is a God of order? That's why He instituted patterns or um, order in a way for us to walk into that fullness, fullness in Christ. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, you know, the, the verse that we read, He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. This is what we call the fivefold ministry, the fivefold ministry offices. These fivefold, what's their purpose? To edify. That means to build up the, the, the saints and equip you, you the saints, the body of Christ, for the work of the ministry. Ministry, don't think like as limited as, you know, someone preaching or someone uh, being a pastor. No. There's a ministry office, like the fivefold ministry, but there's also the ministry of the body of Christ. And that is where you are called to be right here, right now. In your place of influence, in your work, in your school, in your family, that's your ministry. It's not limited to the four, four walls of this church because you are the church. You are the body of Christ. And every Sunday when we come here, we hear the word of God, the word of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And by His Spirit, we are transformed. We are changed. We get full. We have fullness in Christ. So that every time we go out and go to our respective spheres of influence, we influence those people around us. That's our ministry. And He has, God Himself, placed these fivefold ministries in specific churches in specific locations and that includes you you know our local church is new life the fort that's why i would say this to new believers you know sometimes i would say this you know the second most important thing the second most important decision that you will ever make in your life next to receiving jesus christ as lord and savior is not your partner huh? it's not your marriage partner Second most important thing is knowing which church you are called to be in. Because in the place where God calls you, there is fruitfulness. There is, there is abundance. There is fullness. So when, if you are a first-timer or maybe you are a guest, you're welcome here. And you don't, if you don't have a church, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's okay. If you don't have a church, you are welcome here. As long as you go to a church, and if you have another church, it's okay. As long as that church preaches the finished work of Jesus Christ, you're good. You're good. But as a guest, you are welcome here. Amen? You know, in the kingdom, there is divine order or divine governance. Like what I said, he knows where to put people. So what, maybe you're wondering, how come I was born in my family? Well, God knows because you were born for such a time as this. Amen. There is blessing in being under authority as illustrated by the centurion. You remember the centurion? He is one, only one of the two in the Bible whom Jesus called people of great faith. 
And that centurion, because he was under authority, he understood, he had a revelation that because himself being a man, when this is what he said, whatever I say, it goes. You know, in the limitation of, the, of his uh, authority being a centurion, when he saw Jesus Christ, he understood that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. So therefore, whatever, only say the word, whatever Jesus says, definitely it will go. And he only got that revelation, the centurion only got that revelation because he was under authority. And when you get decide to get planted in a local body, in a local church, you are under authority. And there is protection in being submitted. There is protection in submission. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we also know that we are a family. God is our father. We are his children. We are his sons and daughters. Even in our own family, there is an, there's divine order. There's the father and mother, and there's the children. So, I remember when Jesus multiplied the bread to feed the 5,000. What was Jesus' first instruction? Make the people sit down. So whenever it is, you know, this, is, this might be a word for you. I believe this is a word for somebody here. You know, you may think that your life is a mess, but set things in order. Get it in order, and you will see God move in your situation. Amen? You know, God being our Father... He is a good father. We know that in Christ, we have fullness in him. We have fullness in Christ. And we mentioned that part of it is be, being full in Christ is that, you know, he's the one who meets our needs. In other words, the prayers that we've been praying a long time ago, if it's the will of God, if it's good and it's the word, in the word, God will make sure that it will come to pass. But let me just remind you that God being a good father expresses his love for us in two ways. Number one, God expresses his love through giving. And we all want that. And we all know the verse in John 3.16 which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And he gives us good gifts for us to see how much he loves us and we all want that but there's also another aspect in which god demonstrates and expresses his love for us and that is through discipline discipline you may be thinking wow i don't want the discipline of god well in the new covenant the discipline of god is good Religion will say the discipline of God is him sending you sickness and disease, calamities and plagues, and tragedies. That's, that's wrong. That's a lie. Because how could a good God good give bad things? James says, be not deceived, for every good and perfect gift comes from above. So every good and perfect gift, he's the one who gives it to you. So the discipline of God is actually good. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, it says, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Chastens means discipline. And scourges every son whom he receives. God loves us, right? That's why he will discipline us. And 
Scourges here means whipped. But don't worry, because Jesus Christ paid for all of our punishment. Remember, before he was crucified, he was whipped, he was scourged at the pillar. And the implement that was used there was the invention of the Romans, which is the cat of nine tails, which is a, a wicked whip uh, with, with bones and thorns. And basically, when it hits the body of a person, it pierces the body. And when it gets pulled out, flesh will come out, exposing the bone. That's what Jesus Christ did and undergone for us. And now that we are in the new covenant as believers in Christ Jesus, let me tell you, God disciplines His sons and daughters through His Word, by His Spirit. Through His Word, by His Spirit. Even right now, your mind is being renewed. You're being disciplined. And you are being scourged, which is a picture of your flesh, which is your fleshly desires being removed. And what is exposed? More of Jesus. More of Him. John said, I must decrease. He must increase. Amen? Isn't God good? Hallelujah. In, in verse 11, it says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. God, we know that God wants to bless us. He know, we know that we, God wants for us to walk in the fullness in Christ. But also at the same time, He prepares us for it. Because He doesn't want the blessings to destroy us. That's why we are being disciplined. Because He is a good God. He is a good Father. Amen. And since we are part of God's family, it's very important that we understand what God is doing in these last days. Because we don't want to be rebellious children, right? We want to understand what He desires. So we want to understand His heartbeat so that we can have His heartbeat as well. Because we don't want to be like people who have, you know, like Paul. Before he was Paul, he was called Saul. And the Bible says he was zealous towards God. And, but he was the one who was persecuting his church, persecuting the body of Christ, Jesus' church. He thought he was doing the right thing. But he was sincere, but he was also sincerely wrong. That's why we need to understand what God is doing in these last days. Because we are one body with him. You know, like the illustration of Pastor Mitch, you can't have your foot go another way while going this way, right? Because we are part of Christ's body. We want to walk in step with him. This is what God is doing. In Matthew 16, verse 18, it says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus himself is building his church. The church here speaks about the corporate church, the whole body of Christ, not just New Life the Fort, not just New Life Alabang, but other churches as well. Victory, uh, Cathedral of Praise, all the other churches, he's building them up. And also at the same time, he's also building you up individually. You are part of the church. You are the church. 
the whole body is made up of different parts and God is building you up. So that means whatever it is that you're going through, God sees it, God knows it, and He's done something about it. Amen. So He's not just watching you and just, you know, it's good that He encourages you. But you know what? He's also telling you, letting you know by His Spirit, through His Word, that He's already done something about it. He's finished the work for you. All you need to do is to believe Him and just to walk in what you believe. Amen? Whatever it is, Jesus is making sure that you become a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Because Jesus is coming back. And we know that the body of Christ is the bride of Christ. And you know, I remember when uh, years ago, when I was about to get married, you know, we had, we had the budget. And I made sure that the budget goes to the beautification of my wife. That's the priority. You know, the wedding gown, the makeup, everything. I made sure because you know what? No one looks at the, the groom anyway. No one looks except for the bride, except for the bride. But you know what? And I remember I told her, you know what, before uh, when I proposed to her, I remember people would say, you know, in movies, you know, the, the men would say, I, I bought you the most expensive engagement ring I could afford. But you know what, this is what I told her. I bought you the most expensive engagement ring I couldn't afford. <laughs> which is way, way above the budget. But I didn't get into that, praise God. I believe for it. God was the one who provided for it. So the point I'm trying to make is that me, in my limitation as a human being, as a man, I would make sure that my wife, soon-to-be wife, gets well taken care of, that in our wedding day, she glows. She radiates the beauty that she has. And how much more Jesus Christ. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So what does that mean to you individually? God sees what you're going through. God is not coming back to a church that is full of death, that is sick, that is broken and defeated. He will make sure that every single person that belongs in His church because you are the church, right? There is a testimony of, your, of His faithfulness in your life that only God, only Jesus Christ, by His grace, has done it. And it's wonderful in our eyes. Amen? Even in the Old Covenant, remember when the, when the Israelites came out of Egypt? The Bible says He's also brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among them. How much more that we are in the new covenant. When Jesus comes back, he will make sure that he will see and find himself a beautiful and glorious bride without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But let me tell you this. Don't miss out. Find out the big picture. Find out where you're supposed to be. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, Absorbed with the things right in front of you, 
Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. You know, don't shuffle along eyes to the ground. That means just, you know, being concerned with your everyday needs, everyday problems, and everyday situations. I tell you, if you keep on doing that, you will miss out. And God doesn't want us. God doesn't want that. Doesn't want for you to miss out on what He's doing. That's why we need to keep our eyes focused on eternal things, on what is going around Christ, because the Bible says that's where the action is. And don't worry about your needs, because God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, you're part of the body. He makes sure that every part of the body is well taken care of and well supplied. Because, because you are part of the body, every single, you know, like your body, for example, like your, what do you call the little toe on your foot? It, there's, blood can flow through that. Because if not, it's going to be dead, right? It's going to be cut off. But because we are part of the blood, our body, there's provision. Whatever we need, God will make sure. Jesus being the head will make sure that all our needs are met. Amen. That's why in Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 17, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So how do we understand what the Lord wants us to do? Well, we find out what the Lord wants, wants us to do when we find out what His plans are. What are His plans? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 10, in the message translation, says, Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need. Good news, everything you could possibly need, Jesus has already provided for that. Letting us in on the plans he, so, he took such delight in making. He didn't keep it a secret. He wants for us to know His plans. And what are His plans? He set it all out before us in Christ. A long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. God will bring everything together in Christ. That's His plan. God will bring everything together in Him by building a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. This is what we call the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ is all of us together as His body, being the glorious church without spot or wrinkle, in Ephesians 5.27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church without having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's the fullness of Christ. Remember, we talked about two weeks ago, fullness in Christ. Now we're talking about fullness of Christ. What's the difference? Fullness in Christ is having your needs met by tapping into a, the abundance you already have in Christ. That's the fullness in Christ. Fullness of Christ is what you get a glimpse of when you add your supply 
your giftings into the local church and receive from other gifts as well. Fullness in Christ is when we realize without a doubt that God is good. Fullness of Christ is when we make people realize without a doubt that God is good. Fullness in Christ is when we experience His love. Fullness of Christ is when we demonstrate God's love. Fullness in Christ is having our needs met. Fullness of Christ is meeting the needs of others. Fullness in Christ is you walking out your call. Fullness of Christ is when your generation rises up in their calling. Fullness in Christ is when you are changed. Fullness of Christ is when the whole world is changed. Hallelujah. So that's the fullness of Christ. And we express that fullness of Christ into the world when the body of Christ walks into that perfect stature, that perfect fullness of Christ that He has planned for us to walk in long before the foundation of the world. And we need each other. Say, say to your neighbor, I need your supply. We need all one another because all of us, all of us have a part to play. In John chapter 1, verse 16, in the Amplified, it says, For out of His fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share. Everyone had a share. That means, dahil may share ka, may part ka. Right? You have a part to play. Don't think, but I'm not, I can't speak in front. Well, God is not telling you to speak in front. Whatever is it in your hand. Whatever giftings that God has given you. And let me tell you this. There are some talents that God gave you that's already obvious. Even as a kid, you would see it. But there are also some giftings and talents that will only come out when you walk into the fullness and calling of God. Amen? I mean, I have so many testimonies of people that they found out that they didn't like, for example, Pastor Mitch, she didn't have an idea that she would be pastor of this house. All she wanted to do was to be, you know, um, on, uh, to be a singer, to do, to do theater. So she volunteered and became praise and worship leader. And after a season, God told her to move and become admin. And after, be, after a season, she became associate pastor. And after a season she became one of the lead pastors of New Life the Fort. So you never know how far your yes to God will take you. You never know. It's the little things that we say yes to that leads to the big things. Amen. So after the service, sign up. No, just kidding. I'm not, but I'm not kidding, but that's true. If, it's, if God is already speaking in your heart to be part of this church, to be planted, well, go ahead. It's time. It's time. And don't let it, you know, you may be thinking that, you know, but uh, I have so many issues in life and I feel like I'm not a testimony. But let me tell you this. Whatever issues in life that you have right now, when you offer it to God, it becomes beautiful. You remember the story 
um, the bitter waters of Mara, you know, there was there was a time in in uh, in the Bible in the Old Testament that the people of Israel couldn't drink because the waters were bitter. And what the prophet did was to throw and instruct the, the man to throw a, uh, a wood. And after throwing the wood, it became sweet. The revelation of that is whatever bitter, bitterness that happened in your life, whatever you know, tragedies or whatever bad circumstance, when you put the cross on it, it becomes sweet. It becomes a testimony of the faithfulness of God. You know, I remember I was talking to a friend of mine. He goes to, his, to this church. Four years ago, he was suicidal. Um, it, it became so bad that he wanted to reach out. And he reached out by being part of a life group. And the, the life group leader would text him, would call him and ask him how he's going, what he's doing, you know, and encourage him and to remind him of the faithfulness and the promises of God. And praise God for his grace, that person became delivered. And you know, right now, that suicidal person who was suicidal four years ago is set free and now leads his own life group. Not only that, because he was delivered from being suicidal, he could relate with other men who were suicidal as well. So that's why he had extra patience because he understood how it was to be suicidal even in the middle of the night. He would stay up with that person and just minister and just share the love of God because it's real to him. Let me tell you, what bitterness in your life have you undergone? Offer it to God. Offer it to Jesus Christ. And let, be, let it be a testimony. Let it be your ministry. I remember in Romans 5.5, 5, um, it's the story about the man who was demon-possessed. The Bible says here in Romans 5.5, 5, So, sorry, it's Mark 5.5. 5. It says, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. You know, that's a picture of what's going on in the lives of people outside. Let me just remind you, can you remember your life, how it was like before you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? It's probably like night and day. You know, a lot of people, especially in this nation, know God, but they don't actually have a revelation of Jesus. Because the religious God will portray God as someone who loves people conditionally. You know, that you need to fulfill, obey the Ten Commandments, otherwise God would be angry at you you know, throw lightning at you and be angry. He's mad. But you know what? It's different because the law here is represented by stones. And people everywhere, every day, when they don't have Jesus, they would cut themselves with that stone. They would beat themselves up with it because they think that God is angry with them. God is mad at them. But you know what? Praise God for grace. Praise God for the revelation of Jesus. 
You know, you could always relate to someone who had the same struggles as you are going through. And that is why whatever struggles that you are going through right now, just give it to God. Give it to Jesus Christ. And He makes all things beautiful in His time. Amen. The Bible says, For He was not like a man who was not tempted, but, what, but was in all points tempted as we are. In other words, He underwent the same thing that you're going through. Don't think that God doesn't understand. He understands perfectly. You know why? Because He underwent it too. And He understands. That's why He's done something about it. He's done something about it. And that is what we preach throughout the whole world. God is not mad at you. God is not angry with you. God has done something about your situation. Come. Come to church. Hear the good news. It's good news. You're welcome. Receive from Him because He loves you. Amen. In verse 18 in Mark 5, after that demon-possessed man was liberated, set free, and when, this is what it reads. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. You know, he was not called to be with Jesus side by side, to be among the apostles because he had a different ministry. You know, you may not be called to preach here, but you are definitely called to preach in your sphere of influence. Amen? In verse 20, And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. You know, let me just encourage you. You don't need to be a graduate of Bible school or be an expert knowing all the words in the Bible. You just need to share what's real to you. God is not looking for perfect people because there's no perfect people. There's no such thing. God is simply looking for people who are real, whose lives has been changed by Jesus himself. And when you share that, you just tell the story of what Jesus has done for you. And they will see, wow, truly your God is a good God. Amen. You know, the more we mature as sons, the more we can be entrusted with what matters to Him the most. And that's people. So don't think that you don't have a part to play in this kingdom. Never underestimate what you have. Even if you don't know what your gift and calling is, you have Jesus. And Jesus is the one that the whole world needs. The world badly and desperately needs Jesus. So that means the world needs what you already have, who you already have. And your gifts and your callings is simply the expression of who Jesus is to you. Amen. If your gift and calling is to, is to sing, to worship, well, that's the expression of how real Jesus is to you. Hallelujah. God didn't make it hard. He made it simple. You just share the realness of your Savior in your heart. Amen. You know, as I do my part, you get blessed. As you do your part, I get blessed. As we do our part, 
the whole world gets blessed. You know, in Ephesians 4.16, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Every joint supplies. You know, we all know Pastor Bill Wilson because he was a guest last week, right? And his ministry has changed the lives of millions of children all over the world. And gosh, him going to Syria, him going to places that I can never go, it makes me say, wow, I can never do that. But you know what? I can help. I can sponsor a child. I'm part of New Life the Fort that, you know, um, blesses his ministry. It's the same way with you. I probably can't do what you're doing because I don't know your sphere of influence. In the same way with you in my sphere of influence because you don't know the people I know. And let me just encourage you this. Not all of us are called to be generals in the kingdom. That's okay. Because that God doesn't reward us according to your calling anyway. He rewards you according to your faithfulness. Amen. Lastly, probably don't know who Sam Martin is. Anyone here who knows Sam Martin? No one. But you know in the kingdom of God, he's famous. Why? Sam Martin, many years ago, probably during 1930s or 1940s, he was a simple guy, simple kid. He just brought along his friend who was a drunk at that time. He brought his friend to church. He thought that this friend, well, he's impossible, but you know, I'll bring him to church because miracles happen in the preaching of the word. Praise God, that drunk got saved. And after a year, several years, he became a pastor. And that drunk's name was John Osteen who is the father of Joel Osteen. And together, their ministry have preached to thousands, even millions of people around the world. Guess who has equal share in the rewards? Sam Martin. And another person, Mordecai Ham, probably you don't know him, but also in, during, during around that year, 1930s, 1940s, he was in a meeting just sharing the gospel. And during one of those meetings, a guy got saved among the, the many. And that guy who got saved, his name is Billy Graham. Everyone knows Billy Graham. In the kingdom of God, he's celebrated because millions has been saved through his ministry. Guess who has share in that harvest? Amen. Hallelujah. Lastly, this is what I declare to you. You know, as you understand more and more about the heartbeat of God, about the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. This is what's going to happen to you in this church and in your family. This is but a glimpse. In Acts 4.32-35, to it says, Down the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. And that's Jesus. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. Of course, we've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer us who's living, but Christ who lives in us. If we could get let go of our own lives, how much more our own possessions. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It's no longer about your anointing. 
but it's about the anointing of the body of Christ. And the anointing of the body of Christ is the anointing of Christ Himself. Hallelujah. So expect signs, miracles, and wonders be done through your hands. And great grace was upon them all. Great grace. That's how we're going to save the whole of Israel and the multitudes in the world. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. Of course, God owns it all. He makes sure that we are well taken care of. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each one as anyone had need. So lift up your hands. This is my declaration to you, New Life the Fort. As you step into more and more of His plans, you will experience more and more of the fullness of Christ in your lives and the fullness of Christ among your brethren. Great grace, great power, no lack. And that the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. The verse I read a couple of minutes ago, Mark 5, 5, speaks about the man who was cutting himself with stones and crying out all night and all day. Maybe there are some of you who have been crying out to God. You've been wondering, Lord, can you hear me? Can't you see that I'm going through all these things? You know, let me just tell you, God sees and God hears and God understands. You may think that the reason why God has not been answering your prayers is because of all your sin, because of the things that you need to do before He blesses you. But let me just tell you, you know what? Even before you ask of it, God has already given it to you. But, amen. But the most important thing is that you understand that the reason why you're here is that for you to receive His best, and that is Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, if you have not yet received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your time to do so. That's right. You being here, you hearing the sound of my voice, it's already evidence that God is moving in your life. But there is divine order. You need to receive Him as Lord and Savior first. If that's you, can I ask everyone to close your eyes and bow your heads so that we can encourage all the brethren who have not yet received Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. If you have not yet received Jesus, can you lift up your hand and we can pray with you. Don't be shy. This is not about you. This is not about your neighbor, but it's about you and God. God wants you, God wants you to be part of his family. Maybe there are some people in the fourth floor, and maybe there's some people raising their hands at the back. Congregation, let me ask you to join us as we usher these people in the family of God. Repeat after me. Father God. Father God. Thank, thank you for sending Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross. Die on the cross and to pay for my sins. And to pay for my sins. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me and forgiving me from all my sins. Forgiving me for all my sins. Jesus. Jesus. I ask you right now. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Savior. From now on. From now on. I am now part. Now of your family. Of your family. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Thank you.